Hello everyone and welcome to our last consensus episode of the decade. <laughs> so um <laughs> all right, so we are a um podcast discussing politics. We are all black and mixed race girls. If you want to get involved, uh please use the hashtag consensus podcast and you can follow us at the underscore consensus underscore. My name is Melissa Gordon and I am a Liberal Democrat member and supporter. And I am joined by Tosanadadai, I'm a Conservative Party member. I'm Shakalish and I'm a Green Party member. And I'm Jen Davis and I'm a Labour Party member. So good to have you. I've missed you guys. <laughs> this election has been quite long. Um, a lot of us have been very involved in it. Um, so we're we're discussing the aftermath of the general election in the 2019 general election in the UK. Um, on Friday the 13th, in the early hours of the morning, it became very apparent that Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, had secured a majority um, and the Conservatives are forming a government. So... Um, the results are as follows. The Conservative Party won 365 seats. The Labour Party won 203 seats. The Scottish National Party have 48. The Liberal Democrats have 11. The Green Party have one. The DUP, sorry, the Democratic Unionist Party of Northern Ireland have eight seats. Sinn Féin, another Northern Irish party, have seven seats. Uh, Plaid Cymru, a Welsh party, have four the Social and Democratic Labour Party, again in Northern Ireland, have two seats. Alliance, another Northern Irish party, have one. There are no independents and no other parties managed to secure any seats. Um, so in the first part of this podcast episode, we are going to be sort of going over um, how we feel about the results. Uh, we will also be covering what happens next and our thoughts for 2020 and beyond. So, guys, how do you feel about the... Uh, the results I just read out. <sighs> that was a huge sigh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to gloat, so I'm just going to wait. No, you should be proud. Your, your party won. Yes. Um, how? I guess. Yeah, but then I think, especially from after the speech of the Prime Minister yesterday, the steps of number 10, I think it's important that we recognise that a lot of people aren't necessarily satisfied by the results. And of course, I'm happy as a Conservative, but also... I see the need that this is not, this is now our government for the next five years. And it's about uniting people, bringing people together because not one party has the solution. So I'm happy, yes, but understanding that there's still some steps we need to take to reunite the country. Mm. And Jen, how do you feel with Labour in the opposition? I'm not going to lie. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm annoyed. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm, we live in a democratic country and... You have to, you know, obey the results. And we've just got, we, we we now have to just do what we have to do. We just have to go about our business and make sure that um, in the next five years that we do try and get a Labour government. So that's yeah. it. You know, there's no point in us. Like, obviously, there's all, all the conversations going on about what went wrong and what this and whatever. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, we've got a Tory um government and that means we've just got to you know oppose oppo like it's not even just oppose but you know we can oppose but even if we oppose doesn't mean things things that we want as um, other parties um things we want as other parties is going to happen like we're just going to have to we just have to face the fact that we've got to um 
Tory government, it may it may not be as bad as we as we expect it to be, but it might be bad. And um, yeah. regardless, we just need to I we just need to ensure that Labour wins next time. <laughs> as a, as a Lib Dem, I'm naturally disappointed in uh, that we've come out of this election with one one fewer seat than we had going it well if you discounting the, from the 2017 election mm. results um and of course joe swinson the leader of our party losing her seat was pretty devastating i know her she's a lovely person people you know politics however people see her politics aside it's whenever anyone loses a seat when when dennis skinner um a veteran labor mp lost his seat i was upset that was that was that saddening. was the one that made me happy <laughs> <laughs> He's just, I'm just, I just, we just don't need that toxic. I just don't need it. But that's me. No, fair enough. I think we're all here. We all have, you know, <laughs> <laughs> obviously how we feel about things. But what's good is we are all here mm. having this discussion. Whereas when you see on Twitter and other social media and other commentators, they still, in my opinion, like across the divide, represent the polarization of politics that mm. has now become so normal. Mm. And toxic. And I do think it's important, like you said, about how um, the Prime Minister made that speech um, about coming together, whether or not people trust him enough to deliver on that is, I suppose, another <laughs> is another is another question. I'm sure um, in, in the new year, we'll probably be discussing um, more about um, once the parties themselves have uh, uh, dissected their election campaign and we have a clearer idea, perhaps, of how they're approaching, you know, the, the, the parties that didn't win how they lost um and also things like electoral reform and other issues that have been in the campaign so today we're just going to try and discuss um yeah the last six weeks and, and the result of that um Shaka, what about you yeah. how do you feel um honestly um i think i described it as feeling first of all filled with so much fear um and alienation and um and kind of a similar feeling that I felt in 2016, uh, which was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> who are these people I live on this island with? Um, <laughs> and just really, and re- really filled with fear. But I think like you, Jen, I think I'm I'm sort of in a period of mourning. I think a period of sort of um, just coming to terms with the fact that the vision, um, the visions that we saw or that we hoped for, um, we're not going in that direction Mm. but like you say we live in a democratic uh society and we have to accept um that you know boris johnson has been democratically elected and 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 just hope that it's not as bad because i mean in my head the next five years um you know the 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 suffering that i feel will ensue um, I really hope I'm wrong and mm. I really think I would I'd like to stay in a pace of stillness and peace inside myself and be open-minded um, and and like you say just hope that it's not as bad as I'm thinking that it might be right now and um, yeah and and also just keep the keep the fight up um, mm. in terms of the society um, that I would like to live in um, and keep fighting for hope and love mm. justice unity yeah. Amen. <laughs> I think one thing that I really am fearful of, and this isn't necessarily a comment on the direction that the parties, all parties' policies are, but the culture that surrounds politics at the moment is looking at the United States of America and seeing the state of both the Republicans and the Democrats, and all they mm. want to do is outdo each other mm. in who's the angriest, who's the shoutiest, mm. who has, <clears throat> you know, the people's best interests at heart. And I think they are so self-obsessed and there is a narcissism that runs in those parties that they Mm. have all the solutions whereas I don't think well I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't like to see the parties in our country end up 
um, with those attitudes because I think they already they already have those attitudes. Do you think that we can come back I from think, it, or do you think we are going to more? I don't know. It depends on how politics. the parties take it because ultimately, what I've heard from all the other parties is blaming themselves, but not actually thinking what do the people want. It's not mm. about the people, but it's about the parties, and that's why it's come as a shock because everyone expects people to just believe what you're telling them but actually their reality is different and how your messages come across parties aren't necessarily thinking about how people already feel so then now pointing fingers and saying oh it's the Blair Riot sides of the Labour Party for example or it's this or it's that it's actually what do people want that should be our ultimate driver like understanding what the people want and, and I guess what the people wanted was what the Conservatives presented to them mm. Yep. Which is rather concerning. Whereas in Scotland, yeah, the picture is very concerning. Well, that's, again, that's that's subjective. That's what you feel is concerning. But to them, that's what they want. Oh, yeah. But, no, I mean, but, do you think that... Um, sorry, can I just jump in there? Yeah, I yeah. think it is concerning because we have we have someone representing our party, the leader who's racist. So is the Labour Party's leader. Can, he's can, I, can I finish my point? Okay, but you, we're not going to be um, pitting that against... I'm saying... you're and. With yours, that he's made clear statements and he's written articles about being um, um saying racist tropes, saying um misogynistic things. And when he's asked about it, he said he 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 doesn't own up to it. Firstly, secondly, he doesn't um when there was that this um interview where they asked him if he lies and he says he doesn't lie, where we've clearly all seen that he's lied. But that's so, be- and that's and that's and that's really. Like for me, that's very concerning, especially when we have a lot of pe- um, ethnic minorities living in this country and who are suffering. Yeah, I'm going to let give Tosin a chance to respond to that because that same that same argument can be flung onto the to the Labour side. There are videos of Jeremy Corbyn siding with people who are who are known terrorists. So I don't. This is this is why I think Nelson that this Mandela is, I think a terrorist. This is, I think this is why this is exactly what is wrong with politics. We're focused about throwing mud at other people maybe people are not necessarily concerned about the person but the policies that they offer like can we stop and think that we're all sides have been throwing slinging mud at each other and saying this person's an anti-semite this person's a racist this person's a misogynist and this person sides with people who have killed gay people and who have killed um jewish people and actually maybe that's not what people care about maybe people's reality is the fact that they want Brexit done because in their community, they see that they see the deprivation and they see that the cities continue to thrive, but yet their, their communities are left behind. I think the idea that we're going back to the leaders and making it personal is exactly what was wrong with this campaign period. I think <clears throat> I just add, I think what's um, concerning is that as, a, as leaders or as public figures, you have a, a duty to um, to use correct language. And, and if you're using language that's actually insightful and that actually is is dog whistle, because, and, and you know, the reason why we say dog whistle, because it's it's not an obvious, it's not necessarily obvious, um, you know, commentary. It's certain commentary that attracts certain people to know that that particular person is speaking um, for those ideas and that's what's particularly concerning that's what's scary because actually it, it it's not obvious mm-hmm. and it's and it but at the same time that's a leader that seems to be attracting certain types of people that align themselves with 
what I would say far right. The BMP supported the Labour Party. Like Donald Duke supported the Labour Party. This is, I think this is, I, I personally think this is ridiculous. I think this is exactly what was wrong with the campaign. The Labour people on the other side have also said things that are, that are, Incite that incite violence to people who vote conservative. People saying things like "we're Tory scum," "we have murdered people," people calling us traitors, is exactly the same. It's exactly the same thing on all sides. So nobody has the moral high ground on this, and I don't think that that's that's the position we should be taking after this campaign period. We should be reflecting about what the people want and actually the policies that are going to better their lives. I don't think we should then be going back to. To, to to trying to have the moral high ground on this. Yeah. But can I just say something? There have been people, yeah, on the left, I'm not sure about people on the right, who have been saying, oh, you know, both sides have been saying stuff and even supporting, say, supporting Tories and saying, oh, don't attack them. So we shouldn't say that, oh, um, it's both sides attacking because there, there are people on the left who are saying, you know, yes, we can have debate and we can do mm-hmm. whatever, but don't abuse people. And make sure that your debate is correct. So, like your debate, you're using the right language and you're debating correctly. Mm. So, I, I think, just want to put yeah, that out there. I think also in slightly on the, in another way, and this is again people across all the divide use the polarization of politics to further their own careers and to further mm. their own mm. platforms. Mm-hmm. We've seen so many people now refer to themselves as political journalists, as political commentators, as political analysts, when really they're just activists for their particular party or their mm. particular ideology, and they no longer offer. And even even supposedly impartial journalists are still offering, and you can't help it. Obviously, we're all mm. emotional people who have a stake and we all have vested interests in our country. We should have a vested interest mm-hmm. in our country. But yeah, I don't think it is helpful or I don't think it particularly comes to any resolution when we do have sort of the journalistic class and bloggers and other people um, creating an environment or supporting an environment where it's natural for you to your first or your gut reaction when you see someone post something online is to attack them for their beliefs instead of just scrolling past because it's mm. their business in mm-hmm. a way and not yours. You don't really change anyone's mm-hmm. views. You don't better anything. You're just staking out your position. Mm. Um, so thank you guys for your your um, for, for sharing how you feel about the result of the election. It's, it is still very much... Um, we're still, I mean, I myself, I was up till 6.30 on Friday morning um, and I'm still a bit tired. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sorry, babes. No. How, how, much, how, how much were you guys involved in the campaign? What did you get up to over the last six weeks? Did you, um, what did you, I don't know, I myself, I work for the Liberal Democrats. So I was around um, helping arrange the leaders. Well, I'm not arranging it, but I was out on the leaders tour, getting her involved, getting our former leader, Joe Swinson, um, mm. involved in different activities. So actually one thing I would like to say, I'd like to sh- give a little shout out, mm. is um, my favourite visit, um, and it was also one of the most stressful days of my life, was um, setting up a visit at a youth centre in Streatham. So I'd like to give a shout out to the Streatham Youth and Community Trust and the Knights Youth Centre for the amazing work that they do. Um, I hope if anyone listens who lives in the area or nearby checks them out because they do fantastic work for young people of all ages in, in the area. Um, and Joe went to visit um, the Knights Youth Centre on Streatham, in Streatham High Street. No, I'm sorry, just off Streatham. And um, Extinction Rebellion arrived and glued themselves <laughs> in bee costumes to our bus. <laughs> So that was my probably one of my favorite anecdotes from the election, no matter what happened. Do you guys have any? Um, mine was pretty quiet. I have to say, I, I was more bystander in this election. I just was consuming. Um, I didn't get involved in the campaign, um, but I've been consuming everything vociferously, <laughs> and um, yeah, watching it unfold. Oh, unfolding was 
just so fun. Jen, where were you you up to in the year? Yeah, I did a campaign in here and there, but I wasn't as involved as I usually would be. Sorry, it was December, but it was cold. It was December, exactly. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. And Tosin, did you get up too much? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was cold. I was busy. And I did try to volunteer at CCHQ, but that's another story for another day, which Coyin <laughs> can tell you about in another episode. Yeah. We're trying to get them all in, uh, trying to get them. <laughs> Coyin's always said it needs, it needs to be, um, like, just completely it does. scrapped uh, to the ground absolutely. and starting. It, it really does. Oh, okay, so that's again, much, yeah. that's another, every, that's every another story for another day. I, yeah, every political yeah. party structure, I think, is going to do a lot of, yeah. sort of, yeah, hopefully some reconditioning there because mm. these things, parties have been around for such a long time. It's so easy to get stuck in the same rut when mm. it comes to structure and committees mm. and how people do things. So hopefully this will be a good chance to shake the foundations of that. Um, nonetheless, you know, Life goes on. It won't stop just because people are upset or happy Mm. with the election result. Um, Parliament itself will be reconvening on uh, Tuesday, the, I want to say 16th. I can't actually remember. The 17th. Oh, 17th. There we go. (laughs) Um, And that will um, be all the MPs turning up. We have actually, I think, I don't have the number, but from what I gather, a lot of very new people starting a brand new job on Tuesday. It's going to be a very different Parliament to the one that we've seen over the last three years. Um, so don't expect the same familiar faces to be on the airwaves all the time. There's going to be new people, um, which will be very interesting. I'm always excited to see them. More women. Mm-hmm. More women. Yes. Very progressive. Uh, the Labour Party, half more than half of Labour Party's um, MPs are women. It's like a hundred and something. So which is really good. Is and I think great. generally in the parliament, there are, they are more women. Yep. They're more ethnic minority MPs, like one in ten MPs and ethnic minorities so I do want to say to anyone who is perhaps feeling a bit dismayed by the election result that you know we're still facing a positive a more positive hopefully a more positive parliament Mm. and we should all be proud of that because it takes a collective effort Mm. for that to happen um but yeah sorry we haven't done the analysis yet but I'm sure there'll be less people from Oxbridge and I think that you will probably have a lot more working class MPs, particularly on the Tory side, which will be surprising. That is good as well because yeah. it contributes, you know, it helps when um, Parliament itself is very collaborative. Um, it takes people from all areas to go through the legislation and to add things, to improve things and to change yeah. things. So that's why it is still so important. You shouldn't just, you know, conceive as the political parties being monoliths um, and it's them as a whole, you know, contributing. It's literally, it's very much like any job. There are people doing mm-hmm. stuff, mm. which is great. Um, so on Tuesday, they will all arrive and they all need to be sworn in. So that will take ages. I haven't sat through yeah. one before. Oh, oh I've, I've watched one. It's so interesting just hearing like topics. Um, some some people do topics on issues that are happening in their constituency or in my, um, or what they will do is they usually have, um, they send out um, a briefing of what topics are going to be discussed on each day. So one day might be on health. The next day might be on um, um, oh, sorry, we're talking about maiden speeches. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Is so every... you do, with your you do, with your maiden speech, isn't that? Don't you do that with your oath as well? Uh, no, I think you. Everyone has to like literally. There's a line, and you have to swear allegiance to the queen. Oh yeah, and then they um, pick if they use the Quran, the Bible, yeah, or exactly. if they. And if you are bilingual, so if you're a Welsh speaker, okay, they will yeah, do yeah. it in both Welsh and English. Oh, sorry, I, I always get the two mixed up. And oh no! <laughs> fun fact: if you if you speak in Parliament without having been sworn, oh no, sorry, that's maiden speech. Never mind, confuse it again. <laughs> yeah. I still want to hear this now. If you, <laughs> well, I think okay, either the oath or maiden speech. But if you speak in Parliament, I think without having given your maiden speech or made made the oath, you um are perceived to be like. You've ceased being an MP. Like you're just treated as Ooh. as if you've died in the post. 
Oh, I read that. I did that. not know that. It was okay. really odd. It was shocking. So, um, one so of those I know like with, the, with the maiden speech, you often give notice if you're going to make your maiden speech because then people are, other MPs are less likely to intervene mm. or react uh, negatively to what you say. The, the maiden speech is kind of like a safe space in a way for you to stand up. As you were saying, Jen, be proud of your constituency, raise mm. issues that are important to you. So, so can you, I just quickly mm-hmm. ask, so maiden speech is just for new candidates, not, yeah, for, only. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not for MPs that have been re-elected? No, these are the ones yeah, no. for, for yeah. new. So that's so classes like half of them. Um, so that's basically when they um, it's the first time they speak in the house. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what it is. You speak in your house to give your maiden speech or whatever. Yeah. And, and usually, the ma- their maiden speeches are long. Yeah, they get like oh they God. get a bit of um, and it's over a few there. days. Yeah. Do you think that's gonna happen now, or do you think that's gonna happen? In the new year I think we'll start to see More of them happen In the new year okay. I think it's um, Well we were going to get On to the next point So after the after they swear in They then have to re-elect The Speaker of the House of Commons Now if you listen to our I think it was our last episode mm-hmm. um, We discussed the election Of the Speaker um, After John Burko stood down um, And we now have Sir Lindsay Hoyle yeah. <laughs> In the post um, He was re-elected In his constituency Of Chorley in Lancashire But he will still have to be elected By his fellow MPs And I'm assuming That they are going to Sort of give him him again on the nod they don't need the drama of having to elect someone else i was just gonna ask that do is, are other people gonna put themselves up I again not, no, yeah. I heard anything i don't um so he will most likely be re-elected speaker of the house of commons and then after that they can get on with business parliamentary business so um Tosin, are you familiar with um boris johnson and his cabinet's plans plans for the yeah so um once the once the speaker's election's election is done i think the following day which probably be the wednesday the 18th we are expecting a queen speech um so we're doing it all over again but it'll be less there'll be less pump this time so the queen won't necessarily come in all her regalia but it'll be a much more subdued one because we had one like less than two months ago (laughs) um so where the government will be setting out its legislative agenda for the year and for this parliament um we expect it to be relatively the same as the one we had a few weeks ago so things like the domestic abuse bill be back um things a bill around building safety as well um but of course there will be some new things in there based on the new on the manifesto Mm -hmm. so we're expecting well i don't know what it will be but there will be some new policies that were in the manifesto that we'll probably see in this Queen's speech. And then after that, there'll be, of course, a debate and a vote on the speech. And that'll probably be sped up. So maybe that will take a day. And that will take us to the 19th of December, which is the Thursday. And there's talk that... So what the Prime Minister's plan is to actually table the second reading of the withdrawal agreement bill so this is the brexit bill and in order for us to this is on his deal that he secured again a few months ago in october um and the it had his first reading in the last parliament and i guess he was concerned that he wasn't going to it wasn't going to pass so then that's why we had the election anyway so he's going to table that either on the on the 19th, the Thursday or the Friday. So there's there's talk that the the house might actually sit on a Friday, which it doesn't necessarily do. And if it does, then it probably will rise for Christmas. But if it doesn't, it might go on till the Monday, which is the 23rd of December. Yeah. And then after which the, the house will return on the 6th of January. We are also expected a reshuffle at that point, but there might be a reshuffle earlier so there might be a reshuffle this weekend or during the week because obviously Nikki Morgan who's the culture secretary stood down the last parliament Alan Kern stood down resigned who's the Welsh secretary 
Zach Goldsmith as well is um, was a minister in DEFRA, the Department for Environment. So he lost a seat to the Lib Dems. <laughs> to the Lib Dems. <laughs> um, and I think there's like another one or two. So there needs to be at least the two cabinet roles need to be probably filled. And then there's so potentially we'll have a huge major reshuffle mm. in January, February. Um so that will be interesting to see what happens. Will we see people like Priti Patel leave the cabinet? I hear Maybe? that Jacob Rees-Mogg might be up for um, being sidelined from the cabinet. That, that as doesn't well. make sense. That that does make sense. I mean, it's just what, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. But that that makes sense. If I were Boris, I mean, yeah, you I'm, don't need him anymore because you don't have the threat of the <laughs> the European research group. So, um, and then we're going to have. So obviously, this the plan is for the UK to leave the United. To look, to leave the European Union. Um, oh, by the Freudian 31st. slip there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> by the thirty first of January, um, and then we're going to have a post Brexit budget that will probably have some tax cutting mm. um, policies and stuff in there. So it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. But yeah, that be we'll find out more. Yeah, it'll be a blueprint for the next few months. I did hear rumors of a Saturday sitting, but I think that has been scrapped. Oh God, that's um, just mean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is likely that the house will ride, rise, which means go to, go on holiday essentially, or stop for Christmas. For yeah. Christmas, um, and then back in the new year with, um, yeah, more enthusiasm on all sides, I suppose, to get to get. Oh, I didn't even. Are know you going to say, say when you? No, I wasn't. You're I was going to say. I wasn't. I wasn't. No, no. I'm not Julia saying said that. It last time. No, to get Brexit done. Not to get Brexit done. <laughs> I mean, let's face well, it. Well, it is it's, getting done now. It is. It is. But you know, Hopefully. to get Can legislation. I- off the ground and to shape it so it fit it reflects best what we need yeah can i just make a point because i feel like something that has been lost in the debate in terms of this withdrawal agreement bill um that's going through it's not a deal it's not a deal with the european parliament it's literally just a negotiation Mm -hmm. of how we leave the european union um so once that goes through then then is the time that we negotiate a Mm -hmm. deal and a relationship with the european union so it's it's misleading to describe the withdrawal agreement bill as a deal. It is simply just the terms in which we're leaving the European Union. And then and then we have less than a year. And that is if that goes to, I mean, I'm assuming because of the majority, that's going to go straight through. Um, then it's we have less than a year then to, to, to negotiate a deal with the European Union. Yeah, thank you and for that clarification. It was really helpful. So it is not over still yet, still guys. The threat of a no, <laughs> still, still the threat of a no over. deal at the end of the year, at the end of 2020. Yeah, and they say that the, mm. that the, so yeah, it's still not over, guys. Um, as you said, we've we've it's not negotiated. it's not even ready. Yeah, there are still many more, so many more steps we have to do. We have to go through ratification of the is deal. All so long. Um, it is so long. Politics is so long. Um, but anyway, what do you guys want to see for twenty twenty? I mean, new decade, new government, <laughs> new um, new attitudes, perhaps. I don't know. I, I don't know what to. Exp- I don't know what. what I want to see less homeless think. people. I want to see people housed. I want to see. I want to see more love. I want to see more unity. I want to see. Um, I want to see some fairness. I want to see people that have been um, rejected and uh, sidelined from society being uh, re- like re brought into the into the group. Um, I don't want to see a society that's eugenic that has the idea that some people need to be cut loose. I want to see more inclusivity. Um, and and um, and for everyone to play their part and for everyone to be given a chance and an opportunity to live their fullest percent potential and play their part in society. Oof. Jen, you want to follow that? How can I follow that? That's, <laughs> that's interesting. The only thing I'll probably add is see, you know, where can people actually um, 
feeling that the money that they're getting is gonna mm-hmm. um last and not having to see working people um having to use food banks yeah. i don't want to see any more rise in food banks yeah. and um i also want to i'm also hoping that the nhs is not going to get privatized either mm-hmm. um because we don't even know what that looks like it may not be as bad as it is in the us but we don't know what it looks what it would look like we're so accustomed to having um the nhs how it like well not how it is now because it's it's a bit appalling right now but mm. how the nhs was created to be yeah. um so obviously there's that as well um so i would like to see some policies on um that um and then in terms of labor i just want us to sort out the leadership um the deputy leadership and then also um the membership as well mm-hmm. in terms of coming together like the split between momentum and you know progress and all, all of that I just think it needs to stop now it just needs to come together and I feel like you know whoever the new leader is needs to um go out to um the places around the country to find out okay like what was it about labor that you you didn't like um you know what are you looking for in a leader? Well, obviously we're going to have a leader then, but they can still find out what you would like from me as a leader, what you would, um, what you would want to see in our policies and stuff. Um, and I think that's um, really important. And I also hope the leader that we do have isn't a leader from London. Mm. I think it needs to be a leader from out of London because, um, yeah, I think a lot of stuff in politics is really London centric mm. and, we need to kind of get out of the London bubble. Do you have a fef- do you have a prefer- preference of who I know? I don't have a preference, but I just know I don't want it to be Jess Phillips. <laughs> so yeah. When do you think? I, I know that I saw uh, Corbyn saying that he will be talking to the the body that runs the Labour Party, the National Executive Committee, um, who will I guess set out the timetable. But um, do you think around sort of spring we'll we'll see who? It needs- <sighs> I'm not going to lie. I think it needs to be before then, if I'm honest with you. I think it should, it needs to be within the next, by 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 March, we need to have a new leader in. I don't feel like it should go beyond that. Yeah. Um, because, it's, you know, there's so, so much stuff that needs to be done mm. and we can't leave it that long. I even thought that the process probably would have started today. I mean, not today. Yeah, I thought we would have started yesterday that he would have resigned. Yeah. You see how he he resigned and said, well, he's still going to stay in the post until someone's elected. Whereas with um, Joe, she resigned. She well, literally resigned. Yeah. Well, that's because so her hand was forced, I think. In and that. I th- and <laughs> isn't it in the rules anyway, the Lib Dem rules, that the leader must be an MP? Yes, an MP, we, so. we should try to um, change it. Our The way our party works is a lot through conference. Um, our, um, so any proposed changes to the structure of the party have to be verified by members. Um, there was an attempt to change the rules so that, frankly, almost anyone could become leader. There would be, you know, stringent things that have to meet. So they'd have to be supported by a number of constituency parties and they'd have to have the signatures of a, of a number of, uh, I can't remember the specifics, but quite it was a high threshold to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our party leader does have to be an MP, which I think is good because they have to be in Westminster. They have to be there to to, to challenge, you know, to mm. respond to statements from government and... Um, and that, yeah. But doesn't what do you want to say? Oh, I, oh I sorry. Really oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go back to go back. <laughs> about, about the leadership. Um, so, um, yeah, I just think that we need to um, do better in terms of um, like, like you said, like I said, I don't want it to be Jess Phillips, but I don't mind who I'm. I'm open to other people um, out of London who are 
um, going to put themselves up. And obviously, I just want us as members, like the Labour members, to be very strategic in how we pick the leaders. So, actually, can I say, I, I do think, I think it's actually was, I think it's better that Corbyn didn't resign straight away. Do you think? Actually, uh, yeah, because I think it would have just been a feeding frenzy. You're doing it off the back of really what's very um, an emotional election. Mm. So actually, I think it's good to give it time for the dust to settle, for reflection, for time, and then actually for it to be done in a quite a calm and controlled way. Whereas I think if it if if it was done straight away, I think it's done in a quite reactionary. Yeah, no, what I meant then by, by him resigning straight away, I meant that, you know, he resigned straight away, but the process can start. Because even with us, uh, we, we have to go through a process where people nominate them um, nominate themselves. The MPs, they have to get a number of MPs to yes. support them. Once they do that, then it goes to the membership. But what I meant is that he should have kind of like, resigned and then maybe someone else could be the interim right. um leader just because there are a lot of tensions mm. at the moment within yes. the party well, there, there isn't a deputy leader at the moment yeah but there? even even if there isn't maybe i don't know just oh, yeah, have yeah, someone yeah, no, in I, I kind of i agree with jen particularly because i think that we need a strong i'm a big i'm a big fan of the parliamentary system and i think that there's obviously room for a stronger position mm-hmm. i think if we're going through the brexit process whilst labor's having its own internal internal drama that's not good for good like parliamentary scrutiny like having jeremy corbyn who has been significantly weakened to try and you know debate with boris johnson it's just not a, it's not what the country needs Agreed. and i think that to have for for good political system we need a strong opposition mm. and that's that's been my frustration with Labour I'm not a Labour supporter but as as somebody who there's some things that I don't agree with my party and that's where you expect the opposition to step in and we haven't necessarily had that so mm. having an opposition that's weakened that has its own internal drama whilst we're going through something as big as Brexit is not good for the wider society. Yeah. And it sort Agreed. of reminds me a bit of when Theresa May mm. said that she was stepping down but didn't give a date. And all that happened was speculation, People speculation, were just talking speculation. about it, yeah. That mm. became the And narrative. the internal, like, you know, there'll be Labour people mm. in the in the backbenchers trying to, you know, trying to have one over. And it just, it's just not good yeah. for yeah. a new parliament. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think the quicker it's just sort of done, then you can move on. And I think, yeah, I just do remember Theresa May. I can't remember when she said she would resign, and She's then, like, yeah, and then there was like a few months so, gap or so something, long. and it was just, yeah, relentless. Because and then that person, because everyone's looking at them like you're weakened, and also you're not going to be here. So like yeah. this PMQs you don't on have, Wednesday, yeah, guys, you don't tune really in. Have, yeah. <laughs> oh, are they going to have PMQs this Wednesday? I mean, no, no, no. no there's going to be a Queen's speech oh, on okay. the Wednesday. Oh, I kind of wanted there to be one. I enjoyed it. I her. didn't want there to be one, if I'm honest with you. I want to see how Lindsay Hoyle would do Because it. I just know that Mabel would have got decimated. So I just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get decimated anyway. So it might as well be quicker. <laughs> nah, I feel like I feel like if it's if we had a, 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 a bit, another leader, it may be different. But with Jeremy Corbyn, I'm just like... Yeah, he oh, said he's going to stay for a couple of months. Nobody <sighs> even knows what a couple of months is. Like, what is a Jesus. couple of months? I don't, I'm not going to lie. That's I, like saying in the spring... People say the spring and then they mean July. It's like that's not the spring. <laughs> I just don't want him um, to be. I just don't want him to be there for too long because I just want us, the Labour Party, to come together and we just need a new leader. Yeah. So, so sorry, Tyson. What would you like to see for twenty twenty? I got a bit. Um, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a more unifying Conservative government. I would like to see. Um, particularly the views of those because we had a lot of new working class conservative MPs this time who are not the typical or atypical 
conservative Tory, you know, mm-hmm. Jacob Rees Mogg. Mm-hmm. I think people from the which were called the Labour traditional heartlands, um, a lot of them actually are normal like mm-hmm. us. A lot of them understand things like the housing crisis. Maybe a lot of them are trying to get on the on the housing ladder. So they have, you know, we've had MPs who've been in parliament for 25 years who literally have no idea what it's like out there to try and get a job, to try and live as a normal person. I think we have more new MPs and that's why I'm really happy about that. So people who are more in touch with reality and I hope that those views filter through the party. And I think it will because knowing Boris Johnson and knowing he's the type of person that he is, he's ultimately a populist like politician he's someone who wants a legacy for himself he he's and I don't necessarily mean this as a bad thing I see this as an opportunity actually he is someone whose motivation is um is yeah a legacy for himself and he's always wanted this job so he would do whatever he can to keep that job and I think that means and I hope what that means is that the party becomes open and it allows those new views to filter through in order for us to retain the trust, as he put it, of those people who voted for us who probably have never voted Conservative before. So I'm hoping for a more reflective party, even though we've won, but we need to look at why we won and actually what policies can we can we put forward that builds, that attracts those people who voted for us the first time mm-hmm. and vindicates them for voting for us so that we can retain that trust and then in the next five years we can have a society that potentially maybe that they'll choose to vote conservative again um and this just won't be about brexit and i'm hoping that the party sort of or or the the advisors and the leadership works its way through brexit but also knowing that it needs to deal with the domestic policy agenda for three years we've been talking about brexit and that has had significant impact on our society um in all areas that, you know, things like, for example, something as that seems minor, like the domestic abuse bill, like that should have gone through a long time ago. But because of we're dealing with Brexit, because of the political um, environment and how volatile it is, it kept getting dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that, and that's one of the reasons why I guess a lot of people voted for for um, Boris Johnson and the Conservatives because they wanted because you could see that that Brexit was an obstacle in Parliament and I think if you were going to for example vote for the Labour Party who said that they were going to have another three months of a deal and then of negotiating and then would have a referendum for a lot of people that just seems so far away and they want it dealt with like they want to at least have the appearance that it's been dealt with so that we can get on with the domestic policy agenda so I really hope that the party like does that in the initial phase but then thinks broadly about the views of those people and tries to capture why they voted for us what do they need how do we move on from being a london centric metropolitan um government that you know that that drives our, our um economic policies i think we then need to look at those people who might feel marginalized and mm. feel left behind people who may you know there's nothing in their communities, their high streets dying. Um, there's nothing there for them. There's no way, you know, the properties are getting more and more expensive. They can't get on the property ladder there. People can't, you know, move to London 
to get a job because they can't afford to. And and that is staunting social mobility, which is obviously something that conservatives are passionate about. We want to create a society where people who want to aspire can aspire to be whoever they want to be. I think we need to start thinking about the policies that allows us to do that. So I really hope that that's what the party takes from this. And it doesn't. And I was, as I said, I was really happy that the prime minister gave such a speech because this is not a time to gloat. This is a time to roll up our sleeves and get work done. This is a time for us to try and unify. We've got, obviously, the threat of Scotland going. And as a Conservative and Unionist party, that's not what we want. Mm. So we need to try and think about how we address that. Because, again, this is not just a Conservative problem. This is a UK problem. The same way Brexit is not just a Conservative problem. It is a UK problem now because that's what the people clearly want. So um, it's moving forward, take moving forward, but also taking that time to reflect. That's what I'd like to see in 2020. Yeah. Thanks, mm, guys. That's interesting. I've, to be honest, that all everything that everything that all three of you have said has really filled me with hope. And I really just love, I just want to say that after this election and after the emotions that people have felt, mm. it's just still so great that we can still all talk to each other like that. And um, I do, I don't know, it is still very fresh. <laughs> um, and it is coming up to Christmas. So mm. there's going to be a And there are loads of people with no jobs. You know, loads know. of advisors, loads of parliamentary staffers, loads of... MPs, mm. they're going to add to that unemployment record. So, <laughs> um, so I I do feel for them. You know, they, especially if you're both your parents, for example, if you're a young child, both your parents are in politics and both lost their job. Like oh, I know sad. of people who, um, yeah, who now, you know, don't know what's next, and it's quite di- it's going to be quite difficult out there as a politico because everyone's looking for a job now. It's like yeah. so many of you. <laughs> they, they, you've got the MPs who stood down. You've got the MPs who lost their seats, and you've got you know so many other people so um yeah it's a mix it's mixed feelings yeah, yeah definitely. spare a thought spare a thought guys for them. um but yeah so anyway thank you guys so much for um this discussion it's been really good and i think it has been really positive and uh, like a little positive island in <laughs> the sea of hate <laughs> so that silly. is just out there um again so we are the consensus podcast we are um you can find us on twitter at the underscore consensus underscore and use the hashtag consensus podcast um thank you guys for listening i hope you all have a wonderful 2020 and enjoy christmas and the new year um and we will see you next year i guess okay bye. bye bye